to another episode of State of Us. It's Alana with co-host Lauren and Tierra. And how are you? How are you feeling? How's the week? I hope you're okay. Because I I hope I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) Am I okay? Something I ask myself all the time. But I hope you had a good week. We have a question from Lauren. Yes. Um, So I asked this question maybe a year and a half ago. But just doing a check-in, where would you rate yourself as far as how you feel like you've progressed in a year and a half? One being horrible, ten being excellent. I don't even know what my answer was and what it was in relation to. Like, did you mean this in terms of, like, holistically or a specific area? No, just holistically. I feel like I'm a six. Did you say five is a cap? No, ten. Okay, okay. I feel like I'm a six. Um, I feel like I'm recognizing behaviors and patterns that I want to break. I feel like I'm comfortable, becoming more comfortable in all of who I am and trying to not allow that to be something that causes shame for myself and I'm just like experiencing different sides of myself through like side projects and work and just I feel like I'm coming into who I am is basically what I'm saying so I feel like I'm a six right now and I hope to continue to press to progress I agree I, I feel like I'm a six I think it's a solid number yeah I know I know I'm more than halfway because I have to give myself more credit for how far I've came mm-hmm. so I would say a six because honestly I've started progressing because of therapy (laughs) and in these like past like year and a half two years I probably started at a four and I came to a six now by the end of the year I hope to be a seven and yeah that's it my point is complete <laughs> Laura what would you do I think a five mm-hmm. which is better than a four <laughs> I feel like I am progressing in certain areas mm-hmm. but I still have work I need to do in other areas so I'm getting there yeah. do you feel like you have the right like tools to get there that was supposed to be. I have a similar question <laughs> for all of us for everything I'm trying to do or just certain areas? Mm. Well, what areas do you feel like you're lacking tools on how to progress in it? I think just trying to acknowledge the fact that I'm fully grown and accepting that there's just going to be issues. <laughs> Are you laughing? <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm not laughing at you. <laughs> Okay, y'all. I'm glad y'all can't see that. But but just really acknowledging the fact that I am grown and... uh, I just feel like it's just so many small areas that just make up a big portion of what I'm trying to work on. But just... Like, I feel like I'm doing better with becoming who I want to be as far as, like, my looks and stuff. But I feel like I still have work to do with my family. So, I feel like I don't have the, like, I know what I need to do, but I don't have, like, all the tools that I need to navigate how to have these discussions without things escalating. 
I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not because you're making me think. So y'all are both and have been in therapy recently. Mm-hmm. Do you think therapy is the catalyst for why you're at where you're at now in terms of the scale, or do you mm-hmm. think it has been an encourager or a motivator? Like, is it a catalyst, or is it anything that keeps pushing you a little bit? Mm. You just need that nudge. You are now somewhat on the right track. Okay. In, in areas that don't pertain to me emotionally, yes, it's just a push. Because I'm just like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be doing this, so I guess I'll do it now. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to like emotions, how I feel, communicating how I feel to other people, even to myself, communicating that, yes, I didn't have those tools before, and now I do. So that was very, very helpful. And that's the only way I gain those tools is through going to therapy. Right. I feel like with me, with this experience I had with therapy, it was more so, I already knew what I needed to do. I just needed to receive confirmation with certain things. So I think it was more of just like a motivator to just, push myself because I feel like I already have an idea of what I need to do I just need sometimes an extra push to do it so I think in relations to how I want to be viewed and how I want to carry myself therapy really helped with that but as far as just communicating better with my family I think that's just something I still need to work on that I really did not receive out of that therapy session Mm -hmm. Did you feel like you got the tools to do it? You're just hesitant on doing it? Or no. You dying? Because she just okay. agreed with everything I said. <laughs> so I wasn't, she wasn't really giving me any feedback. But did you address the family portion of that? Yes. I did tell her what was going on. And I, t- I explained very specifically the situation that I was going through. And I would tell her, yeah, I'm trying to move out. Or I'm trying to do this. And she's like, yeah, I agree. You should do this and this. But she didn't give anything to help us yeah it was just okay yeah i agree or just sympathizing with me but i needed more and i didn't get that um tip for therapy if you feel like your therapist does what lauren's therapist did to her please leave (laughs) (laughs) please find another one Mm -hmm. or if you feel like every session you're running out of things to talk about that's also a Mm -hmm. red flag that okay you're not being pushed enough to where you can it's been i go i started going every week and I got to a point where it was like, okay, I don't even have anything to talk about when I'm going to these sessions. Right. So I feel like I need to cut back every two weeks. And sometimes I would go every two weeks and still feel like this session, I really didn't progress. So I also feel like that's another red flag. Okay, you need to either you, what you came for, you've already moved beyond that. And you need mm-hmm. to just find somebody else. Or you just you need to find somebody that can help you in a better way. So yeah. finding a therapist is... You're not just going to go to a person and automatically that person is good for you. Finding a therapist is developing a relationship with that therapist and just making sure you're getting what you're needing out of the session. Because I feel like an hour of talking to someone about myself, I should get something out of it. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good point. But yeah, I think we're all... Like your goals and how you see yourself or what you want to change shifts from season to season Mm -hmm. or 
from a portion of a year to another portion of the year. So it's remaining flexible, but also still like discipline. Discipline is something I'm really trying to work on this year. Yeah. Discipline and consistency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are difficult because like, they so do go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because they make up where motivation falls short. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't just go off of having passion all the time. Sometimes that passion mm-hmm. dies out or that that excitement you had is gone, but you do have to keep pushing if you want to excel or achieve in certain areas. So I, I agree with the discipline and the consistency. That's interesting. I feel like I I know this is off subject, but you saying that triggered a memory that I've been going back and forth of whether I want to do the same life plan I had for myself my whole life or do something different. I don't know what the something different is, but I have felt like I know motivation is enough because I've gone through motivation is enough and I've gone through losing passion for it. And now that's all that all that's left now is discipline and consistency. And I know once I work out those two things, I feel like me figuring out what I want to do with my life will fall into place. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good you come to that, you know, conclusion on what you need to to work on to you know, benefit other areas. Yeah. So. Well, Lauren, sometimes I feel like I should just pay you to be my therapist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, y'all, me and Laura were talking the other day about something, and she really just, like, unlocked something. Unlocked a memory, unlocked, unlocked something in my head. And I'm just like, this is what I go to therapy for and pay these people for. <laughs> so do you think she's able to unlock that because she's closer to you? Yeah, she's closer to me. She knows me. Mm-hmm. So that I think therapy, the thing that's frustrating for me with therapy is developing that initial relationship to where I feel like that person sees me and understands me. So they know what things to touch on or bring out more or kind of just grow me on to get the response that I need. That takes time. The <laughs> building a relationship is not an overnight mm-hmm. thing. Right. I think I'm, my first therapist, I went to her for six months and it took me five or six months to figure out she wasn't the therapist for me. And oh, I'm starting over the process again. So far, I like my therapist, but I do get frustrated because I, I, I know I shouldn't think like this. But I was like, I put all that time and effort into my last therapist and didn't go anywhere. And now I'm frustrated. But I can't go into it thinking that because it, I might go through five therapists before I find a therapist that's for me. And I, that's, that's okay. I have to be okay with it. But you have to also understand when you're telling your story over again, even though it's the same to you, somebody's going to interpret it differently. Hmm. So I think you should be mindful of that as well. That's true. That's annoying, just <laughs> telling, <laughs> telling the same story over and over and over and over again is very annoying, but I know I, I know telling it to different people, they're going to hear different things, mm-hmm. and that's why it's beneficial for me to just, okay, this is me, this is my issues, 
I told this to this last lady. Therapists need to like do a file where they just consider it to the <laughs> next therapist. We'll talk into that. Yeah. Like, you can transfer your files. Yes. Like that's what needs to happen. Because that's so, so you annoying. You can have at least some background. So we want to start at score one. Mm-hmm. I get you. But I'm hoping the therapist I have now is going to go better. I already feel like the sessions are going a little better. So... And just we'll asking see. questions is how you get to know a person, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like my therapist... <clears throat> I, I've, I'm giving her some grace because I know it's only been two sessions. But I want her to ask me more things. And I would tell her that. Like, can you ask me more questions? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I know it's like... It's weird because you're telling somebody to ask yes. you questions. <laughs> that is weird. But... I think as a, as a therapist, every client is different. Yeah. So if somebody, some people might not like for you to ask questions and they just like for you to hear them. Yeah. If this is more of just a venting, venting session for them than it is a process mm. or a journey. Whereas some mm-hmm. people do like for you to ask questions and challenge them. So I will just acknowledge that since you still are at the beginning stages, that way you're mm-hmm. not two months, three months in, you're getting frustrated because... Yeah. She's not communicating to you in a way that you want to be communicated to. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like some people do go to therapy just to vent, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to vent. I, I'll if I need to vent about something, I'll vent about it to my friends. But when I go to therapy, I'm going to kind of talk about me and how I can get better, not necessarily sitting there venting about my everyday issues did you tell that because i feel like therapists would normally ask something along the line of what are you trying what is this session for like what do you what do you want to get out of therapy every time i go to therapy my mind goes blank (laughs) (laughs) i do i do i I start keeping like notes that i want to think about but it's like when she asks me that question like what is the goal of this session i'm just like i don't know i don't know i just I'm here trying to be a responsible adult. So that's why I'm sitting here right now. <laughs> I get it. I'll write it down. Yeah. That way you have that. Another another tip. Mm-hmm. Write, write things down that you want to talk about in your session. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we're going... We're going to talk about like a... Not a variety of things, but just different topics that kind of coincide with one main message. The message will come at the end of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) But I did want to bring up a situation that happened last year, I believe. Yvonne Orji had a women's conference and there was a lady that wanted a picture with her. Sorry. Okay. Somebody don't okay. know. She's the oh, actress yes, from yes, Insecure. Yes. She plays Molly <laughs> on Issa Rae's show Insecure, which went off air this year. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm sure y'all know. If you black, she, you know. I don't care where you are. Um, she, does she identify as like American Nigerian or just like... She identifies as Nigerian American. Okay. Nigerian American actress. So she had a women's conference and before, either before or during an intermission of the conference... A lady asked her for a picture. Yvonne said no. The lady was like, okay, and respected her boundaries of her saying no. And then when um, Yvonne got to a section where she was speaking about 
she doesn't like the word no and being persistent she like singled out that lady and was like if you kept being persistent you probably would have got that picture i don't think that was the best way to convey that message because if a person tells me no i do not want to take a picture with you no i do not want you to touch me no i do not want you in my space then that's respecting someone's boundary if you're asking about a raise and someone says no then yes be persistent those are two very different things of not accepting the word no right and i think in our culture we're like you know when a woman says no she means no is something we're trying to drill into people's heads and that's not helpful when you do that 180 and try and be petty and prove your point or like be a better woman then mm-hmm. quote unquote her um because it's not helpful it deters the conversation and the conversations we've been having that I, while i agree with what you said to you like we, we should not take no at face value when it comes to certain things like you said when it comes to people's boundaries when it comes to consent when it comes to relationships in people's personal space we do need to take no as no and not be so persistent mm-hmm. and Yvonne that was just that was just mean ugly girl behavior to do that and to mm-hmm. publicly shame that woman in front mm-hmm. of hundreds of people mm-hmm. and that was probably a recorded event as well at a women's conference at a women's <laughs> conference a women's empowerment <laughs> conference do not want to shame another woman but to mm-hmm. shame another black woman mm-hmm. that that's low yeah and Yvonne's apology was just sort of like, I'm sorry if you were offended by. That wasn't an apology. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was not an apology. It just wasn't. And I, I love Yvonne. I really do. But that was very wrong of her at that time. It was very, very wrong. Mm-hmm. Have you, has, ooh. Um, has anyone been in a situation to where, uh, you've said no to somebody and they kept persisting? Mm-hmm. Have I been in situation? I don't think I have. That's a, nice. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think, but I really don't think. And it makes me question because I feel like I'm a nice person. So it's just like, I try to be a nice person. And it's just like, yeah. well, am I wrong? Should I give this person a chance? Should I understand why? I, like, you know, that. And it makes me doubt my no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes yeah. me waffle back and forth because I'm a like I'm a people pleaser and it's just like mm-hmm. I don't know it's not a fun situation to be in or you shouldn't put other people in that because I feel like I've done that before too and that was wrong with me. Yeah, yeah. I, if somebody tells me no, I'm just gonna back off. I'm not gonna push it any further than that. No matter like what what it is, if you don't want to talk about it or whatever, I'm just I'm just gonna be okay. You said no, so I'm just gonna accept that no. I feel like I'm put into that situation of someone not accepting my no more in like family dynamic. Mm-mm-mm. That's why I'm put in that situation more. <laughs> now we talk about that. <laughs> no that. means no in family dynamics. And I feel like your family knows how to manipulate you mm-hmm. in a way to where you're going to say yes. And that's something that I've really worked on is saying no to my family and meaning mm-hmm. it and meaning it and not letting them guilt trip me into saying yes. I did really, really well with that um, recently when my mom asked me to watch one of my sister and I just said no. 
And she, re- but the thing is, she respected that, and she said, yes. "Okay, that's there wasn't be. any guilt trip or manipulation." She just said, "Okay, Lauren, that, that's fine. I understand," mm-hmm. and we left it at that. And no is a complete sentence. You you do not have to validate your no. You do not have to explain your no. No can just mean no. And I feel like some people, when it comes to people pleasing, you feel like you have to explain your no. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn not to do that because I would. I was one of those people that used to explain my no, and after it's like after explaining it, you just feel worse, and then you're like, okay, I guess. <laughs> That's how it worked with me. <laughs> but. So, today we're going to talk about communicating more, like, physically. So communicating with like your clothes, your hair, how you present yourself, how you go out into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, do uh, Lauren, do you feel like you do a good job of com- communicating physically? I feel like I'm getting better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting a lot better from, and I'm laughing in my head because the question I asked, we were actually talking about hair. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it's just very interesting how. A year and a half can a lot can happen in a year and a half, and yeah. I feel like I have progressed because we were talking about cutting my hair in. So this yeah. has been a very ongoing conversation, <laughs> conversation. But I feel like I'm doing better as far as pre- presenting myself in the way that I want to present. And I know people can't see me, so just to give you like a background of myself, I've always been a very tomboy, tomboyish person. I've never been very femme. So I feel like I am moving more towards just being like dressing more masculine with with my style. And I, I actually do like it and I feel more comfortable with it. I will say clothes are expensive. That's the only thing I don't like. <laughs> clothes are very expensive. <laughs> but I feel like I have been a lot happier just expressing how I want to express. Even if it's going to cause backlash or making people feel uncomfortable so i i've really gotten better with that i would say in the last few months so yeah alon do you feel like you express yourself outwardly in a way that you want to like present yourself out to the world i think for the most part yeah i i think that i'm still trying to discover like what my sense of style is, quote unquote. I'm um, there too. <laughs> and how that comes across because I feel like I'm not a super girly girl, but I'm also mm-hmm. not a tomboy. Um, there's nothing wrong with being either of those. I think both of those are great because if that's who you are. But I feel like I'm definitely more so in the middle of like I can dress girly girl, but I can also be fine with like a sneakers, jeans, beanie. Right. Like, that's cool to like you can switch it up. Like baggy shirt like I feel fine in that and mm-hmm. like I feel comfortable and I don't feel like I have to like not be like I like to have fun with how I dress and I don't think I should be beholden to one thing but with my hair like my hair's my hair like this is what mm-hmm. it is like it's, it ain't coming out of this yeah I'm not coming these out you, the amount okay. of YouTubers I see coming out their locks and they have only had it for three years and it's just like I'm not judging like it's your hair you do what you want yeah but I'm like you probably this sounds insane to people who don't have locks mm-hmm you probably never connected with them ever. Mm-hmm. It, like it was not like you. You probably like when you change your hair as a woman. Like in any way, you go through a different phase, mm-hmm. and so you, that phase either never happened or it's over. And the people I see who have their locks for their lifetime or years upon years, like they actually, it didn't seem like they did it just for the trend. 
Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Do express yourself how you want, but like put like something like locks, that's a big investment in time and energy. Just get faux locks. Yeah. If Just you if you locks. want it if you want it and I, I feel that mm-hmm. having locks is like more of like a spiritual uh, thing for me. Yeah, it is. And I think I'm most connected to who I am with them. Because I had locks when I was a kid, so maybe like around seven or eight. And then when I was 18, I went through a breakup and cut my locks off. And I went maybe two years with just having like short, natural hair. And I never did anything with it (laughs) at all. I dyed it. And then I wrapped my head all the time. And I got it braided a few times. And then there was one day I just went over to my mom's house. And I was like, okay, you can put my hair back in dreads. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just I'm done I'm done with it like I really do love my hair being in locks because it's for me it's it's easier for my lifestyle because I can just get up and go I don't like sitting in a place for a very long time and when I would get my hair braided it would be like five hours I would sit mm-hmm. and <laughs> I would take them out within like two weeks it would be it would I've spent so much money on braids to have it in my head for three days. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just think about that. But when I got my locks again, I was just like, it just felt like I, it, it centered me. I felt like for that two years, I was kind of, I don't know what I was doing for that two years. But getting locks again really like centered me again. Mm-hmm. And my, they're getting longer. They're getting like, to the point where I cut them. So it'll be exciting to see how long my hair is going to get now. Because I feel like if I never cut my hair, it'd probably been like down on my back by now. But I know you're going on your lock journey. You've had your locks for what, like a year? Yeah. Is that your, is that your first set of locks? It's my first set of locks. Nice. And I just, I don't think, I don't envision myself. Like if I wanted my hair short, I would just cut my locks to a shorter length or I would do like a lock bob loop thing for a few months like mm-hmm. i don't think I, I don't envision myself ever getting rid of them personally yeah. um i just it's not for me if it's for you then that's fine but mm-hmm. like it's not for me but i think that to me they've helped me understand who i am better um and they've helped me like just sit with who like how i look how i am how i move but yeah grounding is the best word to describe it for me as well yeah it's a journey and I look at back at pictures and went, Wow, like a few months ago my hair looked like I was just going through like a bushy like yeah. face. And now <laughs> it's like my hair has shape and now I don't ever tell to hear this. I'm gonna combine them because I have way too many locks for my own life like for my like perfect <laughs> preference. So you want them to be bigger? Yeah, I do. I want them nice. to be bigger. We're probably gonna combine all of them and just make them thicker. hmm So you're gonna you're gonna like cut the the number you have in half, so you're going to combine two? Yeah, we're going to combine two. Um, I have 128, but it's like, I have, d- the density of my hair is thick, but the mm-hmm. strands themselves are thin. Mm-hmm. And so, even once I combine them, they're still going to look like I have more on my head than I actually do. Yeah. So, that's the only like, form of relief, not relief, but I know that if I combine them, my hair will still look full. Yeah. Um, But, I'm excited for that. As a kid, if, Rapunzel fascinated me because of how long her hair was. 
And so I've always known I just want really, really long hair. And seeing, um, there's this lady in Dallas. Her name is Isis. She is the one that did my first set of locks and did like my family's first set of locks. She's a really like popular um, loctician in Dallas. And we would go to like a lot of hair events and mm-hmm. things like that. And just seeing women with these super long locks, I was just like, this is amazing to me. <laughs> Narissa. You know her when I in her Lisa Juice picture. Marissa. Okay, what about her? Arissa. Arissa. At work, there's something called Narissa Lean. That's all I got. That's huh. all that came in my head. What? <laughs> I've never heard that. You've never heard that? No. It must be like purely Marissa. a medical thing. This I've lady, like, she's on all the lot pages. Just okay. Just how long her hair is. Uh-huh. I've probably seen her. Yeah, she's had locks since she was like a kid. Mm-hmm. But like, it's amazing to see like how beautiful and long people's hair is and like how they take care of it. I saw this lady on Instagram. She had like super, super long locks, like down to the floor. And when she would wash her hair, she took like a bucket and put her locks in the hair. Put her... Oh, the mop bucket. And then yes. Yeah. I was like, I, I love that. I want to do that one day. <laughs> See, I think I stop at my butt, the top of my butt. I think that's as long as I can let it go. Mm-mm. I'm going to let these grow. It's <laughs> but I know people say they have to cut the ends because they do get ratty. And like, mm-hmm. But I think the top of my butt is manageable. I can have a ponytail, high yeah. pony, put my hair in a bun. But I, think I like to gets, do a variety of different things. When it gets down to my ankles, that's mm-hmm. that's where I'll keep it. Got you. But I want, I want the super long locks. I can't wait. I'm very excited for that day. And it's just wild because I've been locked for a year and I've posted side-by-side pictures. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, to my hair today, I was like, oh, wow, it actually touches my shoulders. And I'm just like, wow. Yeah. But, like, it's just, like, <laughs> wild because my hair started, like, ear. ear like, mm-hmm. like it's so, I, my hair shrinks so much. Yeah. But. When I got, true. I don't remember how long my hair was when I started my first set of locks. I was a kid. I don't know. But when I got my second set of locks three, four years ago now. My hair was really, not really short. Uh, I have really, like, thick hair. So maybe, like, a small afro. Mm -hmm. And so from that to where it is now, like, basically to the length where I cut my first set of locks, it's grown a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think, I personally think I look better with locks because I went through that phase of not having them. And when I got them again, I was just like, yes, <laughs> this is this is what it is for me. This is my hairstyle. <laughs> I have to agree. I feel like I look more attractive with locks. Yes. Yes. And my mom, she's on her. I don't even know how many sets <laughs> because she'll take them out and get just like a different type of lock. So like right now, she really like enjoys having sister locks, the really small mm-hmm. ones. She has so many. It takes them like five to eight hours to do her hair she has so many locks but through all the locks i've seen my mom get i feel like the sister locks look better on her he's the best Mm -hmm. they do and then my mom has always always like maintained my hair and done my hair so i like a lot of people are like i like the size you have and i'm just like they're my mom did these like (laughs) (laughs) But but I do I do think there's like a spiritual connection to just my hair in general. And I've always enjoyed having my natural hair more than 
like you know having braids or wearing a wig and things like that like it's okay if you like doing those things there's no shade to that but for me personally having my natural hair is really like grounding for me yeah what is one thing that you guys all want to if you could use one word to describe how you feel like you present outwardly and it has to be something positive what would it be like what's the message you want to send people um probably bold my hair is blue right now (laughs) so i think i've always expressed myself through my hair like more more with my hair than like my clothes because i love dyeing my hair and i've dyed my hair pretty much every color you could think of at this point i'm just kind of going back through (laughs) all the colors i've already dyed my hair but it would definitely be it would definitely be bold for me Lauren I feel like you have like a better sense of like wardrobe right now like you've really worked on your wardrobe recently Mm -hmm. so I think that's really cool um I guess being comfortable I feel like there could have been a better word but and I say that just because I think comfortable is a good word because some people can't express themselves outwardly the way they want to mm-hmm. for whether they, they live in a certain country for religious reasons, for um, family reasons. They can't dress in the way that makes them feel comfortable. And and once again, going back to family, I think once again, I've always been a tomboy, so it's it wasn't new for me to wear shorts or boyish type things but I think when I went to college there was an expectation that I was going to do this 360 transformation you mean 180 well well, yeah you good on me no I'm just saying that because you get what I mean you get what I mean (laughs) yes the the 180 change where I was going to somehow be very feminine when I graduated in that wasn't the case. In fact, I've progressed. <laughs> and I, I think that's just me being more comfortable, not only with how I see myself, but just with me and mm-hmm. just accepting that, okay, this is what it is. I don't care if you don't like it because I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. So I feel like I'm getting to that point here. I'm not there all the way. <laughs> You're almost there. And that's but exciting. I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how this, turns out the next few months or by the end of this year but i feel like comfortable would be definitely a good word y'all hopefully by the end of this year and we're gonna post it on oh instagram <laughs> lauren is gonna cut her hair because that will complete the transformation and i'll be very very excited i don't know happy how for what her. type of cut this is gonna be but it's gonna be some type of cut because i'm just tired of doing my hair are you gonna okay are you what have you been deciding between are you Probably not a fade. I don't a fade. I feel yeah. like that's gonna mm-mm. that's too extreme mm-hmm. right that, that, now. That's too, <laughs> and I say that in a way that I feel like when people see a particular look, they automatically associate with how you are supposed to be mm-hmm. or the type of traits that you have. And I know it's gonna attract all types of energy. And I don't want to just attract toxic and just crazy energy. I mm-hmm. I don't want that. So I I am still trying to figure out exactly what type of hair cut that I want to do. How would you describe your style in Walmart? What I wanted to show? 
I guess open. Mm-hmm. Like people should be at ease with who I am. But I guess the other word I would think would be authentic. Yeah, that's a good word. But I feel like you portray that because I think about mm-hmm. the very first time I ever met you, and you did seem like a really open person. I'm still trying to figure you out. <laughs> but you you do seem someone that's very approachable. That's nice. I think I'm still trying to figure me out. I think I've done so much stuff to like please others or yeah. to make others happy that I've confused myself and as to what my actual self it self that doesn't make sense. As to who I actually am, or like right. my values and whatever, and I feel you're like trying I'm to differentiate to... between the the traits you have to people please and the traits you genuinely are. Right, and I feel like I put on a mask a lot for mm-hmm. into like appease others and to like keep peace or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that's not the first time people have said that. Like my own family that said that. I'm like, I just don't feel like I need to say everything or like. <laughs> Be everything in one moment. Lauren, you're... So, I understand how your connection with your hair is when you have locks. But how is your connection with your hair? And I was just thinking about that because I... My hair is just my hair. I just do it because I have to go in the office sometimes and look presentable. (laughs) Or I just... I don't... I feel like there's just been so much stigma with just how I present myself all together. I haven't really formulated how I feel when it comes to my hair. Yeah. I just twist it or get it braided because it's convenient. Yeah. I feel like my hair has just been viewed as being convenient. Playing yeah. basketball all the time or just going to school. I could literally have my hair braided for months at a time. Mm. Too, which is way way too long. I don't advise of that. <laughs> but just because I was so lazy with my hair and stuff, my hair was just... I just need something so I can be done with it and I don't have to think about it. Yeah. That's how I've always viewed my hair. So have you not like formed a connection with your hair? No, I, I, I hate it. <laughs> and I, I say no. Hate that's a connection. Though. <laughs> Wait, no. Let me let me finish. No, that is a connection. That's it's a negative connection, but it's a connection. <clears throat> okay, I don't mean like hate my hair, but it, it just. I guess when I okay, you may you're different. <laughs> okay, I guess I haven't looked at it in that way, but I guess when I view my hair, it's just more of a chore. It's not something that I enjoy to really enjoy doing. So I, I mean, okay, yes, that is a connection, but <laughs> that's how I just. Want so to your co- your connection with your hair has been negative. I guess so. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. But not because I want it to be. It's just I just don't. I just don't feel like doing it. It's just mm-hmm. a very tedious task that I just don't. That's three hours I could have been doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will say, I when I didn't have locks, I did start to have a negative connection with my hair. And that was another motivator to just put it back in locks. I don't know if cutting is going to make it better, but it I will. mean, it's worth it. <laughs> Tierra Powell. It will. <laughs> I feel like just doing anything like different from what you've done before. Okay, yeah, it might it might still be negative. We don't know. But it it's, it's going to bring a different emotion, a different feeling towards your hair once you do something you've never done to it before. And that too, I just think with my hair, that's another big change. And I've just gone through so many changes within this last year and a half. Sometimes like, do I want to add? <laughs> do I want to subtract? So it's just kind of like just going through like another journey of myself that I don't know if that's something I want to fully go 
him with. But mm -hmm. I, I know I want to do something different. But yeah. we'll see. And I guess a segue into here talking about <laughs> overall. Who? Cool. The, the one we're doing, the video, the good hair at the mall. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so let me find her again. Let me find her, the lady's name. Um, oh, Y'all, give me a second. Okay, I found her. Where's her name? <laughs> I think I, I wrote it down, Brianna oh. Monique or something. Okay, so she made She's this, a YouTube person. Yeah, she's a YouTuber, influencer. She's biracial. She made a video over a black um like hair company product. And if you look at this video today, like her original video, you're not going to find her saying these things cuz she took it out. But um I'm Aloha did um like a commentary to that video at the time, so that will be in our description if you want to take a look at that video. But she basically said she as growing up as a kid within her family her mom has told her that she has good hair and that basically that her hair is better than like her mom's hair because her mom is like fully black mm -hmm. and i that <laughs> comment that comment <laughs> that what threw me is like mm -hmm. because she says i'm not gonna lie my mom has some naps y'all but the thing is, like, Brianna didn't come up with that herself. Her mother spoke that about her own self in Brianna's presence. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's... It's not fully Brianna's fault. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's not. But just this negative connotation to having, like, forcey hair or thicker hair kinky, or kinky coily. hair, coily hair, it's... To me, I didn't grow up in that environment of hating my hair. Because I have that, the the hair that's not the most desired hair. And I just, I never grew up in an environment where I was told that my hair was not good enough. So, I just thought it was interesting that some people really do grow up in environments where their own parents with their same hair texture will tell them your hair is not good enough. And that's another thing of like that outward expression is that a lot of black women will go, I'm not judging how you do your hair, do your hair, how you do your hair, yeah. how you wear your hair. But a lot of black women will go to extremes with product, shingling the mess out of their hair with a ton of gel to make their coily, kinky hair have more curls, S-shape, by quote unquote biracial hair because biracial people can't have kinkier hair textures. Yeah. Or they'll texturize their hair like crazy or straighten their hair to death to get, and I quote, looser curls through heat damage, texturize their edges. It's just like we do everything to avoid blackness when it comes to our hair. Yeah. But what we actually are coveting in people who have biracial hair or looser curls is the blackness in their curls. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's just keep it a buck. It is what it is. We like blackness in a... I don't mean diluted as in a lesser than, as mm -hmm. you're lesser than because you're biracial. I mean that diluted and a more palatable sense within a wider white society. Right. Right. 
I think, you know, be mad at Brianna, but now, thinking about it now, since a few months later, Brianna is a byproduct of her environment. Yes. And Brianna is not the only one. So we need to, we as black women need to look at ourselves and say, okay, am I doing this style solely because I don't want to look at my kinky hair? Yeah. It ain't just Brianna's fault, y'all. She, Brianna's a byproduct, like I said, of her parents' environment, but she's also a byproduct of the black community. Yeah. She, she didn't, she didn't get this out of a vacuum. This came from somewhere. And it's not, it is both biracial, like your better pedestal thing, Mm -hmm. but it's also biracial women didn't get, not all have that concept, but those who do didn't get that concept from nowhere. Yeah. They got it from somewhere. Somewhere. And uh, unfortunately, in in Brianna's case, it was from her own mom. Mm -hmm. So that was just a little disturbing to hear because, again, I didn't grow up in an environment to hate my hair. Even though the world around me told me to hate it, I did not hate my hair. Right. India, I remade I Am Not My Hair in what, 2003? (laughs) It's time to move on. I love that song. I played that for my eight birthday <laughs> i love that song that much y'all. amazing amazing it came out in 2006 correction mm-hmm. it is 16 years later and we're still talking we about are still hair. obsessed with hair in the black still, community and a still, weird hive like mm-hmm. almost racist way it's mm-hmm. like a categorization it's a caste system it's very odd yeah very odd well, hopefully this sparked the conversation between Brianna and her mom. Hope I mean, uh, I'm not saying like it did it, Lord. I, I'm not saying like I hope it did, but the likelihood is slim. Slim. I don't. I. I mean, she deemed it the behavior bad enough to take out of her original video. I don't know what that means to her. Did she? But well, she took that part out where she. No, was no. I'm saying like, did she deem it bad enough, or was she getting flack and she didn't want people well, to yeah. find it? Yeah, I'm not trying to be yeah. mean to either girl. Like, please no. hear me when I say that. I'm just asking that because, like, no, I have to ask myself those questions too. Yeah. With different things. That is that that is hard to see if if someone or a company or just an entity is being genuine because they really were like, okay, yeah, we messed up. Let's not do that again. Or we're losing money. We're losing no, views. Let's I, not do I, I that again. I think she just took that off because of the backlash she was getting. And I was messing up her money. Yeah. <laughs> I think she did probably believe what she said. But may hopefully it formulated a thought in her head. Like, okay, maybe I should look at this in a different way. Especially because does she, does she have kids? I don't watch her channel. I don't watch this woman. I don't even know who she Same. was. Me either. So I, but I would hope if she does have kids, she's not bringing that same generational curse down to her kids. Yeah. Well, I all I'm saying, I hope she learned something like Lauren said. Yes. When people mess up, I just hope they learn. They actually genuinely learn. Mm -hmm. It was like this wasn't okay. Let me go forward, educating myself more on this topic, and just doing better with not doing this again. Right. So that's that would be my hope right. for her and for her mom to also educate herself and to love her hair, the hair that grows out of her head more. Because and that once again that goes back to her mom and yeah. how she views herself and it seems like just a yeah. generational thing. Yeah. Yep. 
I remember my mom told me this story. I was a kid. I've only had a perm two times in my life. And the second time my mom gave me a perm, I asked her why. Because perms hurt. They burn. They are... Have you ever had a perm before? Mm-mm, that was, a, that a, that was a rule in my parents' house. Amazing. There was no perm. perm. I'm so happy I've never had perms before. But That was a, a rule that my grandmother had my mom, and then my mom put on us. Like, I, 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 mm-hmm. I like the rule, actually. Yes, <laughs> that, yes, that rule needs to be... I will teach not, that instead. I don't no care perms. what my daughter's hair texture is like. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I mean. Like, whatever it is, I'm not going to be perming there. But a perm, it, like, I remember how but do bad... You? A perm burned my like scalp and the smell of it in my hair. And my mom was putting that perm on me for the second time. And I asked my mom, I was like, is there something wrong with my hair? And she was like, you asked me that? It broke my heart. And she never put a perm on my hair ever again. So. And that's sort of similar to my mom because she was like trying to teach us how to love our hair. And we were like six, seven, eight, nine. Like we didn't because like the only natural girls like the girls who got their hair done who were black Mm -hmm. was either perm or they got a press every two weeks and so my mom did not do that with us we Mm -hmm. were like we didn't get our hair blow dried unless we were getting our hair braided yeah like it was really like we had a lot of hair Mm -hmm. but she took a really good care of our hair too but i say that to say she eventually had to go natural because she was like i can't tell them their hair is beautiful and i'm still perming mine so it's it was a sim- different but similar stories. Has your mom like has she taught you how to like love your hair or just has that been like a journey you've gone through? I mean, as far as like the the perming goes, she got her hair permed as a child and it messed up her hair, so that's why she didn't want to you know incorporate those toxic you know ingredients Ideas. and stuff <laughs> in our hair, but. I mean, my mom has always valued our hair and made us try to appreciate our hair because mm-hmm. she didn't have that growing up. So I will say my mom did her best with trying to, you know, acknowledge the the beauty and how our hair was maintained, I guess. so. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Because I feel like just... <laughs> I've, I've learned so much about hair as a kid. It, it just never, like... I don't realize how much I've learned about it until I start talking about it. But just repeatedly perming your hair can really damage it. And I know, like, edges are a big thing now. <laughs> and I, I've never had any problems, like, growing my hair or anything. But that's also because I've always, like, taken care of my hair. And, yeah. I think I've had breakage once or twice in my life. And I'm dealing mm-hmm. with it at my crown right now. But... Mm-hmm. I got something that has been helping me somewhat. Like, my lactation was like, yeah, your hair's grown since the last time I saw you because I saw yeah. it this past weekend. And it's just, like, recognizing maybe it's something... It can be environmental. It could be stress. Mm-hmm. It could be a variety of different things. But, like, your relationship with your hair, like, it's it's a, an extension of your body. So, you should yes. be... Mm-hmm. You don't even be obsessed with it, but you should be in it on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, so I'm working more towards, like, getting a, a hair care routine... I have so yeah that's what I'm working on just like just caring for my hair more and like through washing it and oiling it and um 
Can we retie that in bright time? Yeah, I'm laughing that, at myself though. That because I will go like three months without mm-hmm. getting my hair done, and I'm like, okay, like it's time. It's got wear. It's got wear. The new growth is wild. Yes, because I went six weeks this time, and now I think I'm going eight. Because mm-hmm. I went last weekend, and so I won't see her until the end of April. Mm-hmm. So I think it will literally be eight weeks by the time I see her, and so. She was like, you already had a ton of new growth in six weeks. And so, yeah, I could three months. Some people were like, yeah, I spent like a year. And I was like, mm-hmm. I couldn't do a year. <laughs> I could do a year. That, a year is too long. Too I think the longest I've been is like three months. Some people will do six months, but I'm just mm-hmm. like. But I think that's more of like the free form. Semi free form. Yeah. My thing is like, I would love to do semi free form, but mm-hmm. I work in corporate America. And I don't mm-hmm. have that Okay. That. Okay. I have the okay. ability to do that coming to America. Okay. <laughs> like, if you don't, like, you can do that. You have more luxury to, like, not be as, and I use this word in air quotes, tidy, mm-hmm. if you will. Because I actually like the fluffier, undone look. Not yeah. freshly done. Because, like, right now, it's too much scalp. Mm-hmm. It's too much scalp for me. I had a point and I lost it. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> but. Oh, we spent this whole episode on hair. We should go this shopping. This entire episode. <laughs> we should go shopping. That's what we should do. Yes. We should go shopping this summer. Thrifting this summer. And get some outfits for the summer. We should definitely. Sometime in like May. We should definitely do thrifting. Because you said earlier like. Doing a, doing a wardrobe is very expensive. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has to be expensive. I just think we're not looking in the right places. You need to go thrifting mm-hmm. and you need to do the sales racks at places. Mm-hmm. Sales racks and thrifting. I'm just very picky with how I dress. We know. <laughs> not about how you dress, but like shopping. Because I've been shopping with Lauren a few times and like Lauren will, we will go to like seven stores. Lauren has two items at the time she's done. Because I'm th- I'm thinking how it's going to look on me, how my hair is going to look. Because I'm a firm believer, if my hair is not right, that office is going to look a hot mess. I, I am okay. I'm one of those people. Mm-hmm. I just <laughs> I just find it interesting. You have a negative connection with your hair, but mm-hmm. your hair matters when <laughs> yes. you're making right. I was about to say that too. I know y'all. I know. Interesting, <laughs> but no, we should go shopping because I think that's fun and maybe fun to document that. Mm-hmm. Like art day shopping, like I would, I would like to go shopping because I do. Okay, I feel like the only work I've done on my wardrobe is I don't nothing in my wardrobe is anything I've had from like being a kid or a teenager. That's See, about it. That's where I'm having to ripple my mm-hmm. wardrobe and make it more of a who I am now and more of a quote unquote grown woman wardrobe because yes. Yes, yes. I'm like, I'll go through my clothes. I'm like, I don't have a ton of clothes. Like, so I've been mm-hmm. shopping here and there, but I'm like, I really don't have a ton of clothes, which I don't need a ton, but I need stuff for different occasions. Right. You need like your, um, there was this show on TLC called What Not to Wear. Yes. Remember you remember that show? Okay. The lady who was on that show now is like, she hates that she did that show because she feels like she restricted people. What do you in terms oh, of self expression? Okay, okay. And so she says now, looking back on it, she wish she, they'd done it a different way. But again, I it was like, like the mid two thousands. Yeah, I feel like someone that literally has no sense of style. I would feel like that would help them kind of grasp a, mm. a sense of style or and what some, they like. And just, yeah, 
I felt like I felt like it helped people. I mean, <laughs> I think it's a good starting point if yes. you don't have any type of direction. Yes, that's how I felt. It was a good like base, but not you can only. I guess when she gave like people like shopping rules, that's probably mm-hmm. what it was. But I feel like if if somebody was like, okay, I'm gonna give you ten thousand dollars to shop for a wardrobe, and I'm gonna give you like some tips to help, that would be helpful for me. Yeah, that would be fun. I still probably wouldn't have spent that full $10,000. Oh my goodness, Lauren. I don't think I would have either. I'll be honest. (laughs) I can spend some money. It would be very easy for me to spend $10,000. I can't just go through $10,000 worth of clothes. (laughs) Maybe uh, maybe like two to $3,000, but not the full $10,000. I could spend $10,000 on clothes. Easily. I can can easily spend $1,000 on shoes. So I could spend $10,000 on clothes. But... (laughs) If we go shopping for summer and stuff like that, we will let you guys know and take you along with us a little bit. Yeah, that'll be fun. But I guess if there are any tips in terms of expressing yourself and communicating who you are through style, hair, how you show up, like really ask yourself, this is something I'm doing when I'm shopping now, do like a gut reaction. Do I actually like this or am I buying this because I know it's in trend or it's mm-hmm. going to be something people are going to compliment me on? Because if you are automatically attracted to it, buy it. Yeah. If it's within your budget and the price that you have. Because then that is authentically what you want and what it is. But I would say my little like shopping tip would be have an intention for whatever you're buying because I was really bad about just buying random pieces mm-hmm. of clothes and nothing went together. So <laughs> definitely have like an outfit or like if you if you want to buy some jeans, be like, okay, I'm going to buy these jeans. What do I have in my closet that I can wear these with? Or what is something I need to add into my wardrobe that I can wear these jeans with? Or just mix and match, like, what you have in your closet, too. Sometimes we just say we don't have anything, but the more I look in my closet, oh, I could wear this with this, or I could wear this with that. So, if you have those type of outfits, definitely just kind of experiment with your your fashion. Because that's what you're doing anyway. So, you might as well just do it. (laughs) I guess my, um, my closing remarks would be love yourself, love your body. And love your hair. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of State of Us. Um, We will be back here in April with some new episodes and content. Please follow us on Instagram at stateofus underscore pod. And hope you have a great week. Please be kind to yourself. And just remember that, you know, we all need to take up space for ourselves and others. So show kindness that way. Bye.